Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam. These candy hearts say nice tits on them. That's kind of weird. Yeah, they know you so well. Coming to you almost live from the roller coaster of love. This is The Unknown Studio. I'm Scott. I'm Adam. And we are your hosts. And I'd like to welcome our listeners to our second ever Valentine's Day episode. And that means we'll be talking about things that are gross to teenagers and sexy to adults, I think. And joining us in the studio is uh, the owner of the singlegirl.ca, Felicia Dewar. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. And we decided to have Felicia on because we wanted to know exactly what it is she does and why she created the singlegirl.ca. So maybe you could fill us in on that. Sure. The Single Girl is actually a retail store primarily um, targeted towards women. And I created it because typically it's when you're single that you're more glamorous and you take more better care, which is a bad phrasing, <laughs> of yourself. And so I wanted to bring those glamour products to people in Edmonton, things like um, designer bra straps, body tape, uh, things that you see actually movie stars, celebrities using. So I started that. And um, from there, we actually spiraled and became really involved in the single community here in Edmonton. So tell me about the single community. I'm not single. Scott is also not single. We are kept men. We're trophy, trophy husbands. It's like the worst trophy you could ever have. It's like, here's that trophy, here's this trophy. That's kind of shitty. Congratulations. Well, you came in third place. It's true. And so, <laughs> that hurt. That one really hurt. So tell me about the single scene in Edmonton. Is it a, is it a thriving, uh, interactive community? Absolutely. I would say definitely thriving. Um, the common consistency, I would say, is that there are so many singles, but nobody knows where to meet each other. So uh, when I am out visiting with people and mingling with people, the question I get asked the most is, where can I find a quality single? So um, unbeknownst, we're everywhere, believe it or not. Not all of us are lucky to be trophies. That's true. Third place trophies. Third place let's, trophies. Let's not forget. Now, um, where are single people meeting each other? Because if I were single right now, um, I, I'm sorry to say, well, not sorry to say, in fact, because this is how I met my girlfriend. The first place I would look, I would not be wearing pants and it would be the Internet. I, it would. That would be my default go to because it seems to me going to a bar and, you know, trying to trying to find the right person or even the wrong person. Um, would be very difficult. So where are these people hanging out? It is. The bar, I definitely don't recommend the bar. Okay. It's not ideal, especially when you're, you know, over the age of about 22. <laughs> um, but internet is huge. I mean, it's big business. There are many, many paid dating sites right now. Uh, there are also some free dating sites. Um, there's also matchmaking services. We even have some in Edmonton. Mm -hmm. And um, But internet is usually, if you're out of the scene for a while, that's the first place you turn. So you would recommend online dating sites? I, I would. And I, I say that a little cautiously because um, I see a lot of profiles. And, and keep in mind, I'm predominantly looking at the male profiles. Sure. Um, they're not very high quality, are they? They're not. They're and all so... third place trophies, really. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they just got the participation medal. But um... <laughs> I, I feel like that was directed at you, Scott. I really do. <laughs> kind of was. <laughs> 
So I see um, a lot of profiles where they actually write as they think. And so they're thinking, well, I have not been in the dating world for so long. So I thought I would check out the internet <laughs> yeah. and I don't like talking about myself. So just email me and ask. Um, which is really terrible. Yes. I don't know if you heard Adam's face palm, but it I, was there. I did it. I nearly head desked. It was crazy. So when you are online dating, um, that's pretty common. And the other common thing that men tend to do is um, take pictures of themselves in their bathroom mirrors with their cell phones and their shirt off. Again, highly not recommended. <laughs> Why? <laughs> that seems so... Sexy? Awful. Yeah. That's really what I was... Sexy, like, awful. So tell me then, as a single girl, woman. Woman. Sorry. I don't really like the word woman no? either. I like girl. Makes me feel young. Okay, single girl. Single As a single girl, um, what is the first thing you're looking at if, if you're looking at an internet dating profile? Sure. I'm looking for somebody that actually is genuine, um, has really great use of the English language. I bet that's rare. Very rare, actually. And um, I tend to write people back and ask them if they would like some help creating their profile and have done so. What kind of um, response do you get when you do that? Excitement. Really? Glee. Please. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Uh, everybody's... At least these men are aware of their shortcomings. <laughs> or, or aware that they've been made aware of their shortcomings. Or aware of that or aware that they have yet to get one email and they've been on the site for six months. So, sure, yeah. you know, they'll take what help they can get. Bless their souls. So looking for somebody that's genuine, really does talk about their interests and uh, what they're looking for. Um, definitely the ranting, so about all the evil women they've met on the site. Um, I really don't care, yeah. so I don't want to hear it. And then recent pictures, um, and everybody I think that has ever been online dating can attest to this, that um, my first actual meet with an online dater um, surprised me because he showed up with um, gray hair. This was quite a few years ago when gray was not in my vocabulary <laughs> and um, quite the wrinkles and uh, found out that his picture that he used was 15 years ago. So that is not recent for all of you that are listening. Within the last decade is still not recent. <laughs> what would you say would be a good sort of benchmark? <laughs> for I would say no more than six months. Okay. Definitely, because we can all change quite a bit in six months. Yeah. And uh, natural posing is best. So um, by that, I mean, I don't want to see you flexing in your bathroom mirror. It looks lonely, I have to say. Yeah. Desperate. Uh, it does, doesn't it? It does. So you had to get that picture taken using a mirror and your own camera. And you forgot to put a shirt on. And because nobody wanted to do it for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of desperate. Because you're lonely. Because you only participate. Yeah. So, so. Um, one of the things that I noticed, it's funny that you mentioned the sort of stream of consciousness typing, is when um, I was looking at dating websites but when I was single about four years ago, the it seemed like everyone started their profile off with, what can I say? Yes. And I, that just drives me fucking crazy. <laughs> what can you say? I don't know. But you're probably about to say it. So, That's right. So it's just sort of meaningless. Uh, what can you say? You don't even find yourself interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Next profile. <laughs> it's almost like you should ask your best friend, the person who loves you the most, to write your profile for you. Yes, you could do that. Um, the other thing that I've seen that I thought was rather clever is uh, they got their exes to describe them. 
Now, obviously, it was a friendly split, mm-hmm. and uh, so there were no bitter feelings because I definitely don't recommend that the person you know have a restraining order against that you call them. Good rule. I think that's a pretty good bench point. So, um, but uh, if your ex can write well about you and talk about well about you, I think that that's a pretty good reference. Just like Amazon.com. User references That's right. are the best references. Yeah. Be awesome. Do they have dating websites that say users who browse this profile also browsed X? Because it seems like they probably would have done that. So. Well, uh, if you like Ted, you'll like Kevin. Yeah. They actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because one of the major free dating websites out there does do that. So uh, as soon as I send a message to one, then I get this pop-up that says, we highly recommend that you contact these users because you liked this fellow. Oh, cool. Uh, Sadly, that doesn't always work for me because I would find most often I message men because I really disliked something in their profile and think they need some assistance. It's not necessarily because I actually found them interesting. Do you ever get men who when you, when you're, offer to help them with their profiles that become really defensive? Not yet. They probably just wouldn't respond. I would think they probably wouldn't respond, but I, th- I would think, too, that these profiles that are really poor are really not getting the traffic, mm-hmm. so to speak, that they would be looking for. And so when you can get a female viewpoint, of course, your buddies are going to say, oh, yeah, find a girl that drinks beer, you know. Um, if you can get a female viewpoint, I know what women want to hear and want to know about. So, I mean, you would be foolish to, to be defensive and turn down that kind of assistance. So, um, given your, uh, your business mm-hmm. and the fact that you're single, mm-hmm. what dating websites, what free dating, dating websites would, would you recommend to boys and girls out there? The major dating website that um, people use is obviously Plenty of Fish. Mm-hmm. There's good and bad. It's Canadian. It's Canadian. That's a good thing. Canadian, let's support them. Um, However, the phishing references in every profile are getting a wee bit old. (laughs) And trust me, you are not the wittiest person out there if you come up with it because it has been said a time or three before. Uh, Also, there's another website called OkCupid. This one actually, uh, you have to actually go through a pretty lengthy question and answer period to actually get a profile up on OkCupid. So if you're looking for, um, you know, a quick fling, typically, and I say typically, you would not spend an hour developing a profile on that type of a website. Mm -hmm. Um, There are other websites where you can do things like browse people's profiles or answer their messages if they message you first. But if you wanted to actually first contact them, then you would have to pay. And what kind of, uh, what can people expect to have to pay for these kinds of services? Oh, goodness. Or uh, what's, I suppose, to put it another way, in your opinion, mm-hmm. what's, the, what's the most optimal price to pay? Obviously, a subscription rate. Um, eHarmony does do a subscription rate, and it's something I can't even remember what it is. I know it's got, I'm going to be wrong, but it's, you know, $120 for three months or something, maybe even a bit more. Um, but basically, what you would want is a, is a decent subscription rate that you're comfortable with that um, also gives you the opportunity to um, postpone it. So say you find someone you like, well, let's put our membership or a subscription on hold so that you're not keeping browsing because you don't you want to use up that three-month membership. Um, so you're looking for something you can postpone while you're, you know, t- treading the water, I suppose, mm-hmm. with somebody else and then can pick up again if need be. Um, that's that would be my best advice. No rules, no censors. It's Adam Rosenhart unleashed. 
I'm not here to tell you what a contrivance I think Valentine's Day is. There are countless people out there in the world who will do that very thing. They'll tell you that it's a commercialized holiday designed to sell greeting cards or boxes of chocolates. And that may well be true, but that's not really how I view Valentine's Day. And I want to talk about something about Valentine's Day that irritates me even more than that. Lately, I've been noticing that organizations, restaurants, bars, even those dreaded greeting card companies are referring to Valentine's Day as V-Day. When did this start happening and why is this acceptable? When someone says V-Day, I think of venereal disease because it's that close to sounding the same. But beyond that, when I also think of V-Day, I think of D-Day. That day when Allied forces hit the beach at Normandy uh, to try and take back Europe. Um, that's not really something I think that we want to associate with Valentine's Day. And moreover, they called, when, when the war was won in Europe, they called it VE Day. So now we're getting very close to basically declaring the end of war. Uh, on Valentine's Day. Is that really what this is about? Is Valentine's Day the laying down of arms so that we can take our loved ones out for supper and give them boxes of chocolate? I mean, the same phenomenon is occurring at garage sales. We don't call them garage sales anymore. We call them G sales. I don't know about you, but in urban American culture, as I, as I recall, G means gangsta. So we're having a gangsta sale. We're literally selling the piles and piles of gangsters we've accumulated in our homes to try and clear up the clutter. That, that seems kind of ridiculous to me. I can't wait for the next OG sale when they start, start selling original gangsters so that people like you and me can know what it's like to have been part of that urban culture decades ago. It's not V-Day, you guys. It's Valentine's Day. I know you're so busy that you don't have time to say the whole word, but really all you're doing is making yourself sound like a fool, one, because it sounds like you're saying venereal disease, and two, uh, you're making it sound like you've won a war, uh, when in fact you haven't. All you've done is gone out and bought some tacky greeting card, a box of chocolates for your loved one, and you're going to utterly fail at impressing them at Valentine's Day. It's not V-Day, friends. It's Valentine's Day, and I hope you have a happy one, in spite of the fact that I'm a total fucking grouch. This is the Unknown Studio. Are you looking for current, relevant, highly specialized digital media instruction? You need to seek out the Guru. Guru Digital Arts College offers intense six-month programs that simulate real-world projects. You'll work in small classes in a casual professional environment and meet industry pros who offer a mentor-style approach to learning. Some institutions make the same claim, but with Guru, you'll develop the confidence to get out and become a part of the digital media community. Come visit us anytime. Check out a class, talk with our instructors, and be part of the Guru experience. For more information, email info at gurudigitalarts.com or call 1-877-429-4878. What we're looking for from our listeners is to tell us their most embarrassing moment. But we're asking them to tell it to us on our phone line, which is 
0185. It's a Washington phone number that I bought from Skype. So we call it our gift of gab line. And if you leave a message there telling us your story, you could win prizes, such as from our first sponsor, Guru Digital Arts College, an iPod Touch. Yes, that's right. They're putting up the real stuff. Um, that'll be our grand prize. Our second place prize is a gift pack from the Edmonton Journal that includes a jacket, which is pretty cool. A snazzy Edmonton Journal jacket. Yeah. And our third place prize is a gift pack from the Traveling Tickle Trunk, Edmonton's adult sex store. Wow. So As we... opposed to the child sex store? <laughs> Adult toy store is what I meant to say. I meant to say adult toy store. I apologize. The unfortunate implications of what you say. The police will be arriving immediately. So we'd like to thank all three of our wonderful wonderful sponsors for helping us run our first major contest. You know, we talked about um, kind of singles browsing websites. Mm-hmm. What about matchmaking sites? We do have uh, a couple of matchmaking sites, actually. It's funny because I'm considering starting my own matchmaking business. Um, So it's funny that you do mention that. And I've done some research here. We do have Edmonton's matchmaker, which is Elizabeth, and she does professional matchmaking. So she will actually spend time with you and determine what you're looking for and what you're about and pair you up personally, which I think the personal touch is is huge, especially Mm -hmm. if you're serious, um, professional, that's really busy and really don't have the time, but wants to meet somebody that you have something in common with. And it's less kind of robotic than filling out a form and them comparing that to another form. Yeah, and There's that's something right. really kind of formulaic and that's right, yes. clinical about that. That's it's sad. Weird. Yeah. You'd be better off standing in front of your mirror with your shirt off taking a picture of yourself. Basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, then you have a couple of other matchmaking sites like It's Just Lunch and the premise for them is, uh, you know, you can get paired up with someone and you can go for after drinks or after work drinks or you can go for lunch and uh, you only know each other's first names and you sit down, everybody, you visit and then you go your separate ways and if you like each other, uh, you can trade information on the spot. So it's really up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an interesting, but there is no personal service really there to speak. Um, there is a fellow that you may meet, but you're dealing with a 1-800 number, a call center to begin with. And that subscription is actually something like uh, $2,500 for, yes, for about 12. They'll set you up on 12 dates. Holy um, shit. My mouth just fell onto the desk. Yes. That seems like an awful lot of money. It does as well. Um, however, if you do find your lifelong mate, it's well worth it. I guess so, yeah. It's an investment. That's right. It is. And you're going to get those quality people that you may not find on a free dating site. Mm-hmm. Now, what about those like hurry date things? Speed dating. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever done that? I have not. Okay. Um, but it is on my list to do because uh, <laughs> obviously I want to experience all forms of dating. Uh, I have seen it happen. Um, speed dating is interesting. You have about 11 to 12 couples and uh, you get anywhere from 7 to 10 minutes to visit with the partner that you're across. Typically women don't change their seating. Men just go down like a conveyor belt. <laughs> and, um, you know, hopefully you hit it off with somebody. And at the end of the... Uh, a whole period there, you can choose who you like. And if there's a match, so in the sense the man picks the same woman, um, then the company will actually forward on your information to each other at that point. Because we're very concerned with, obviously, um, you know, giving out personal information and and how that can go wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's a very interesting as well. I saw a group here do it, and um, 
it was a $50 to go to the speed dating event. And you literally met 11 or 12 other singles. And, um, and that was your event. So people are spending money on trying to find a quality mate. And, and it is important for people out there. Now, if, if let's say Scott or myself, trophy men that we are, were to go speed dating, <clears throat> would you recommend or not recommend that throughout the course of the night we consume alcohol? Because I figure if you're going through like a dozen people, by the end of it, you're just shitty. You know, and I don't know if that's such a good thing. Maybe it is. I don't know. You know, I, I would imagine you'd be a wee bit small talked out. Yeah. And you'd be, get tired of answering the same questions. So as for alcohol, absolutely, when you get there, if you want to have a drink that helps calm you down, because people can be nervous, um, I, I definitely recommend that. But in all honesty, uh, you know, I would not consume more than two drinks over the course of the evening. You don't want to come off as that drunken lush and, uh, you know, say something out of turn or say something that you might not want to yeah. on the first meeting. Uh, so, but I've definitely, I have heard that, that the questions become tedious. So I would go prepared with knowing how many people you're going to meet and almost a scenario to speak differently to each person so that you can change it up because that's what's going to make you stand out. Come up with a list of unusual but interesting questions. Would like, be my like what would you do ifs, those kinds of things? Sure. But not, would nothing... you rather fight a robot with a sword or a shark with a handgun, sure. those kinds of questions. I, I, those would be great for myself. I would find <laughs> that witty, clever perhaps, and it would break the ice. And that's what you want. You want that icebreaker right from the start to make the person more comfortable in speaking with you. So what have your, uh, to get a little bit more personal, sure. what have your dating experiences been like in the city of Edmonton over the last little while? <laughs> well, I have been in Edmonton for, I want to say, about 14 years. Okay. And all but three of those years, I've been in a relationship of some type, length, or form. Uh, when I was younger and going to university, it was uh, quite the conveyor belt because <laughs> there are, in my defense, there are so many people in your age group that have similar interests. You're all striving to achieve some form of education, so it gives you something to talk about. Uh, so, and it was not difficult to find a date, obviously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As I got older and older, well, that became a little bit more difficult because now you're in a working scenario instead of education. So people there are, are not necessarily your age group or unattached um, or without kids or whatever the case may be. So I turned to uh, online dating. I haven't had any success in the sense of any long-term relationships. Um, I've turned to uh, friends setting me up again. Those really didn't work much for me. Um, I don't know why. You think they'd work better, <laughs> you right? Do. Aren't your friends supposed to know you really well? They are. Um, but I have found, I had one friend that said, um, you know, there's this fellow that I work with. I'd really like to set you up. He's not somebody that I would ever date. So I think you should go out with him. What? Uh, That's that, crazy. That That's was my terrible. response. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, not hey. good enough for you, but he's good enough for me. Well, you might be willing to settle on Jim. But, I mean, he's like, he's very plain. He's very boring. But yeah. you seem like the desperate type. So maybe, that's right. yeah. maybe Jim would be okay for <laughs> you. That'd really just be like, here, I've got two sandwiches. This one's shitty. I would never eat it. This one's fantastic. I'm taking that. You get the shitty sandwich. Well, I don't want you to go hungry. Yeah, you know, yeah so. that's exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's got to be some kind of justification that you're doing a good turn that's to somebody. Right. So, that's right. So you've never had a successful setup. 
I have not, no. Um, so basically, I have met people through uh, work scenarios. I don't date people that I work with, and I don't recommend it, although I know a lot of people it has worked out for. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's usually friends of friends, so not setups, but you end up in a group of friends, and they bring their friends, and, and um, usually that's a good way to go about it. I've met people, I'm not shy, so I, I meet people pretty much anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I've met people, um, if I'm doing an activity and there's a good-looking guy, I have no problem walking up to him and saying, wow, you're beautiful. Um, really? Really, yes. And what's the typical reaction? Uh, wow, thanks. I'd probably soil myself. <laughs> be like, oh, really? I have yet to come up to um, say that to a man and have him say, uh, you know, F off, go away. Well, yeah, that would be they, rude. Um, Wouldn't it? I could say it if somebody was being ignorant to me, but... That's not an ignorant comment. That's a legitimate, I really think you're good looking. I really think you're attractive. Or, wow, you have beautiful eyes. I'll find something to start a conversation. And um, so it, that works well for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if a guy comes up to a girl, I guess it, that's, it's really going to depend on where this occurs, right? Like if you're playing, say, um, I don't know, on a, on a volleyball team after work or something, and everyone's finished playing and you walk up to a, I walk up to a girl and say, I think you're really beautiful. There's a there's got to be a particular way to handle that without because I think there the default position would be for me to say that and then to be like what a sleaze. So what's the right way to approach a situation sure. like that? Uh, if it's a scenario where you've been playing together a sport like you're saying, mm-hmm. I might comment more on her skill versus her <laughs> beauty because sure. nobody really feels that beautiful when they're all sweaty and in a ponytail and in their sweats and. Um, you know, and then and because she wouldn't feel it, that's genuine because she's looking in a mirror going, I look terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, she may think that you're a sleaze. So you may want to open the conversation with, you know, the skill that, that she may have shown. Um, I've had men walk up to me and tell me I'm attractive or, wow, I really think you're beautiful. And my response is always the same. It's thank you. Uh, I think you really need to be genuine and confident and not smarmy about it. You don't, you know, no touchy-feely, no touching, but you can say, you know, I think you're attractive. So what are some of the sleaziest pickup lines you've ever had uh, thrown at you? Um, I don't know about sleaziest, but I have to tell you my favorite pickup line because it's just so lame. But I think it's so cute and everybody's like, oh, grown. It's um, So wait, hang on. Okay. If someone used this line on you, your reaction would be positive or negative? My reaction would be positive because it's my favorite pickup line okay. ever. Okay. So it, all it is is uh, a guy walks up to you and says, I lost my phone number. Can I have yours? <laughs> really? Really? See? <laughs> Always like a lost puppy. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and then you have that nurturing feeling kick in, and it's kind of funny. <laughs> I think it would all be all about the delivery on that one, too. Right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Confidence is a very, very attractive trait to have. Um, not arrogance but confidence. So just really being able to carry yourself and honestly being able to handle rejection. And this is what I tell people. If you are rejected, if if a girl does not want to dance with you or a guy does not want to dance with you, they're not rejecting you 
who you are, your whole self, because they know nothing about you. Mm -hmm. So you cannot take it like a stab in the heart. Oh my goodness, I've been rejected. I'm going to go home and cry. No, all you do, you know what? So that particular girl you don't know, or that particular guy, they could be taken. They could have feelings for the other person across the room that doesn't want to see them dancing with another guy. So the ability to take rejection is key when you're out in the dating world and not take it personally. Yeah, that would be my problem. You're going to get... (laughs) You're going to get shot down again and again before you get that one yes. That's right. And you just kind of have to roll with the punches. Now, what about the guys that maybe you're interested in and um, you hang out with them, you have a few drinks with them, and they, I don't know, I don't know what the, how to describe them. Maybe they're pushing a little too far. They want to linger for a little bit too long. Like, when is the right time for a boy or a girl, I, th- I would assume this is typically a man, a man scenario, to sort of pull the ripcord, not cut your losses, but be like, okay... I'm leaving on a high note. I'm done. Here's my number if you want it or whatever. Sure. Definitely before the ugly lights go on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, when things are going well, I mean, you don't want to just, you're sharing a good time and you're having a good laugh and you jump up and you leave because there's that feeling of rejection. Oh, I thought it was going great. Mm -hmm. Um, But you do want to leave them wanting more. So... You know, if things are going well, then you kind of roll with the roll with it for a while. Um, And then once I for myself, once the conversation starts to lag or or you start really searching for another interesting topic to keep the banter going or to keep yourself feeling witty, uh, that's probably the time that you want to say, you know, what, I've had a great time. Uh, I really have to run because I have this thing to do so that they know you're not running because of them. There's a reason behind why you're leaving instead of just saying, well, I'm going to go. Um, so, but if you, if you like have broken off from a group of friends mm-hmm. in a, in a public place or whatever, <clears throat> um, to, to, to chat with someone that you may have bumped into or whatever, what would be, and you're not going to leave, you're not going to leave the actual building. You just want to leave sure. the conversation. How do you extract yourself from that? I just say, I need to get back to my friends. Yeah. Like exactly. I totally left them hanging. Yes. One of them's waving me over. It was nice to meet you. I need to get back. Absolutely. With my group. Okay. Absolutely. And girls are, are really good at that because uh, for a girl to be in a, in a public place with her girlfriends and then you leave the girlfriends by themselves, they're not usually big fans of hanging out by themselves while you chat up a guy. So it's very easy for a girl to say and legitimate for a girl to say, uh, you know, I need to go and track down my girlfriend, make sure she's OK. And, you know, it was nice talking to you. And here's my number if you want to talk to me more. So when so. you when you're going out with a group of girls, is there a sort of uh, I know we're just hammering you with questions. No, it's this, good. I'm, yeah. I've never really. Uh, had occasion to chat with a girl I'm not attached to about dating. So sure. um, is there like kind of a, a an unwritten rule or, or even something that you've spoken about where it's like, if I'm t- chatting with a guy after X amount of minutes, come and check on me or something like that? Or is there a signal? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't, I've, I- I've had several um, best friend partners that I'll go out with and and, um, some that we've had the signal with, some that we've had a code word. Uh, But mostly now, uh, I know for myself, I'm very outspoken. So if I want to extract myself from a situation, I have no problem doing so. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, you know, typically women will kind of gaze furtively around the room and you can tell by her body language that she's really not into the fellow that she's speaking with and so a good friend will actually pick up on these signals and go in and and introduce themselves or interrupt now i've watched many a romantic comedy in my day oh and those are really (laughs) the bible of relationships being a uh being a trophy man (laughs) i've i've had to sit through many a rom-com um is 
has have you ever stumbled upon a situation where someone has been successfully rescued by a total stranger? Because that happens in those in those kinds of movies. Yes. Where they'll be talking to a guy and it's just like, oh my god, this guy's a sleazeball. I want out of this. And the guy behind them will be like, oh hey honey, here's your drink. And total stranger, but is just trying to get you out of that conversation. Yes. That's happened to me before, actually. Cool. Yeah. And it was great because he could tell that I was rather uncomfortable because the person that I was talking with, I really didn't know them, but they were very touchy-feely and it's you're trying to graciously extract yourself. And I had a fellow actually come up to me and put his arm around me and say, hey, how are you doing? Now, he didn't call me honey or, you know, here's your drink. But he was like, hey, how are you doing? And right away, the fellow backed off because to him, that was a sign of possession, I suppose. And I turned to the fellow and I said, I'm doing really great. Thanks. How are you? And carried on the conversation and sort of we did the whole body language turn around, walked away a bit and said, oh, thank you very much. It was great of you. Nice to meet you and and moved on. Um, So rom-coms, as you call them they do set pretty unrealistic expectations do they ever yes um you know out there which um is is pretty hard when you're trying to set people up to date successfully and they've got these you know um real unrealistic expectations on who they're going to meet and how the first date is going to go and you know they're going to pick them up on their white horse and it just doesn't happen that way mm-hmm. so um I, I love them, don't get me wrong, but, uh, you know, it does, part of it happens in real life, but not usually the same way as you see it on TV. Damn. Yeah. Life would be easier if TV was the instruction manual. It's true. It We'd know everything. Well, and everybody TV would look lies. like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. <laughs> and, and they would be, be considered happy. the homely ones. Yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the singlegirl.ca. Yes. It's your, your specialty store, let's say. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the... the the single girl blog thing that you and your partner do? Sure. Uh, I have a partner, Andrea, and we started a blog. It's um, Canadian Single Girls, CDN, singlegirls.wordpress.com. And we basically talk about dating in Edmonton over the age of 30. So it's just different experiences that we've gone through, different thought processes. We get people that want to blog as well. We have a fellow that has come on board and now he's blogging and answering questions from women over the age of 30 on, on the men's point of view, the male point of view. Cool. Uh, we've had great response. Um, it's been funny and some not so funny, but um, <laughs> we definitely do have a lot of, of things to talk about. I mean, um, one thing I would, my father told me when I was crushed about a boy when I was, I think, 13 or 14, he said, you know, you're going to date 100 men before you find the one that you will be with. Well, I'm sorry, Daddy, I didn't know that that wasn't supposed to be literal because I'm <laughs> definitely over that mark. Really? Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, the blog has been a great way to impart some of the things that we've learned along our path on, in dating and um, and to get feedback from readers, too. So, so uh, is business picking up sort of as we roll towards Valentine's Day or is it still too early to tell? Well, I mean, we've had some interest that um, people have wanted us to set them up. Um, And we've had a lot of interest to set up some singles events as well. And it's just a matter of um, timing our schedules to to make that happen. Yeah. Um, But there is definitely that interest to do more activity centered single events instead of just the, you know, the firing interview questions at each other. So we're, we're looking at doing that. And I think as Valentine's Day gets closer, it's more forefront, more top of mind. Yeah. For people. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, definitely. No one ever wants to be lonely on V-Day, do they? Uh, I know some people who do ascribe to uh, the... Uh, th- they celebrate Fuck Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Where they 
celebrate being single and lonely on Valentine's <laughs> Day in spite of the holiday because the emphasis is so much on romance and couples and what have you. Now, uh, what do you guys think about Valentine's Day? Do you think it's uh, it's a contrivance that it's it's commercialized? Do you think it is a day that is necessary for people to sort of bring them back down to earth and remember, <laughs> you know, that there is someone in their life? Or, or sure. what do you think? You know, I think that it is very, very commercialized. Um, the the box of heart chocolates. I mean, oh, yeah, they're that's... not even attractive. You get six. I mean, you could buy me a slab of fudge and I'd be happier and it doesn't need to come in that. Slab of fudge. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got one and... gift idea already. That's good. That's, good. that's right. Yeah. Um, but, and I, and, you know, and I hear the argument all the time, well, you should, you know, show your love all year round. Well, yes, absolutely you should. And I'm sure that you do, not 24-7, but you do buy the little things that you do, whether it's taking out the garbage or whether it's making them a cup of coffee when you have a cup of coffee. Uh, you know, there's little things you can do year-round. But I do, personally, I like Valentine's Day. And I like it even though, even when I'm not with somebody. Um, I actually take my kids out to Boston Pizza and we have the heart-shaped pizza. And I tell That's them awesome. that I love them. And, you know, so for me, Valentine's Day, yeah, it's great if you have a partner. But if you don't, there's other people in your life to show love to. And to me, Valentine's Day is about showing love. My parents always got me a box of chocolates for Valentine's Day. I don't think my parents did anything for me. They threw a piece of steak into the shed that I was locked in, and that was it. But it, you know what? That's, that's love. That's good steak. That's, yeah. That was good steak, yeah. Was it even heart-shaped, though? It might have been, yeah. <laughs> but I bit into it immediately, so there's no way to tell. I always feel like there's so much pressure to, to you know, give someone something or do something nice on Valentine's Day. Like, I don't know. I, I, there I'm not, is. I'm not terribly comfortable with that because sure. I always feel like it's just too much, you know? Sure. And and I know actually other people and women and men both that feel the same way and actually totally are anti-Valentine's Day, want nothing to do with Valentine's Day, but I'll buy you flowers on next week, but I won't buy it on Valentine's Day because the price of roses is now six times what it normally yeah. is, you yeah. know? So that's the commercialism portion of it that I really don't agree with and don't particularly like. I think that um, for myself, it's how much thought is put into it, not how much money yeah. So there's things that you could do for me um, on Valentine's Day to say that you remembered this day of love, but you don't have to go out and buy me a diamond ring. You know, it can be something as simple as making my favorite breakfast uh, in bed. You know, um, that's fantastic. Go pick a flower out of the flower garden if we didn't live in, you know, winter country. <laughs> yeah. um, but case in point being that it's it's not, for me, it's not about the money. It's the thought. Yeah, I think too much. Too often people think of quantity instead of quality that's right so, yeah so our listeners should think about quantity as in buying me a lot of small things <laughs> instead of one really big thing or think about the quality right shit Never mind. <laughs> I, that, that whole point sort of got away from me <laughs> deliberately it's okay don't worry about it <laughs> and now sex talk brought to you by the traveling tickle truck Hey, I'm Lauren from the Traveling Tickle Trunk. Yes, Valentine's Day is a silly commercial holiday dreamt up by merchants as an excuse to sell flowers and cards. But Valentine's Day can also be the perfect excuse for you to indulge in the romantic sentiment and luxurious, decadent, crazy sex you don't normally take the time for. So we say embrace Valentine's Day. If you're looking for some inspiration, we have a few suggestions for both the couples and the singletons out there. On Saturday, February 13th, come to our store and learn how to tie each other up. 
Our Rope Bondage 101 workshop will show you simple, easy to remember, versatile ties that will take your sex life to a whole new level. Might we also suggest the Liberator Throw for a sexy Valentine's night. These large soft blankets are made of microfiber with a water resistant core, so you can have sex anywhere you want without the telltale mess. For the singles, celebrate yourself at Latitude 53's annual 53 Ways to Leave Your Lover event. This fun, lighthearted evening of drink, music, and art is designed specifically for those who are so over Valentine's Day. Also, if you're thinking of treating yourself to a special V-Day gift, check out Lilo's brand new Aaliyah. This is a toy that is so beautiful, you'll want to leave it on your coffee table. Aaliyahs are sleek, sexy, and powerful. For more information on these V-Day events and gifts, check out our brand spanking new sex talk page at TravelingTickleTrunk.com slash sex talk. It's the League of Extraordinary Media, TheEdmontonian.com, TrueBrittle.com, The Unknown Studio, User-Created Content. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's a guarantee of quality Edmonton-based online content. If you're interested in joining or would like more information, visit LeagueOfExtraordinaryMedia.com. And now, a dramatic reading with Scott C. Bourgeois. Dear Marty, if my calculations are correct, you will receive this letter immediately after you saw the DeLorean struck by lightning. First, let me assure you that I am alive and well. I have been living happily these past eight months in the year 1885. The lightning bolt that hit the DeLorean caused a gigawatt overload which scrambled the time circuits, activated the flux capacitor, and sent me back to 1885. The overload shorted out the time circuits and destroyed the flying circuits. Unfortunately, the car will never fly again. I set myself up as a blacksmith, as a front, while I attempted to repair the damage to the time circuits. Unfortunately, this proved impossible because suitable replacement parts will not be invented until 1947. However. I've gotten quite adept at shoeing horses and fixing wagons. I've buried the DeLorean in the abandoned Delgado mine adjacent to the old Boot Hill Cemetery as shown on the enclosed map. There it should remain undisturbed and preserved until you uncover it in 1955. Inside you will find repair instructions. My 1955 counterpart should have no trouble repairing it so that you can drive it back to the future. Once you have returned to 1985, destroy the time machine. I am perfectly happy living in the fresh air and wide open spaces, and I feel that unnecessary time travel only risks further disruption of the timeline. And please take care of Einstein for me. I know you will give him a good home. Remember to walk him twice daily, and he only likes canned dog food. These are my wishes. Please respect them and follow them. And so, Marty, I now say farewell and wish you Godspeed. You have always been a good and loyal friend to me, and you have made a real difference in my life. I will always treasure our relationship and think on you with fond memories, warm feelings, and a special place in my heart. Your friend in time, Doc Emmett L. Brown, September 1st, 1885.
are you going to be doing any events? Uh, I, not not necessarily for Valentine's Day, but is that in the cards for you and your partner? It is. Andrea and I have been talking a lot and, and putting, um, we're big in the Twitter community, so putting a lot of queries out there as to what people would like to see. Um, people are, the feedback has been sports activities, so perhaps attend a Rush Lacrosse game. Mm-hmm. Um, I would personally, I'd like to do a curling um, singles get together because like to play curling to play curling cool yeah I've never curled and it's a great way to make a fool out of yourself which yep. breaks the ice makes everybody comfortable uh, gives you a good time and the other thing is that there's no real pairing off when you're speed dating you're really pairing off or when you're going to these other singles events the focus is on I must find someone I must find someone whereas if all we do is we have a singles group that meets up we just mingle and we have something in common, but you don't have to pair off. I'm going to put this out there. Bowling. Oh, yeah. I'm quite fond of bowling. Bowling would be a, a good a good icebreaker not, as well. Not as yeah. funny as curling, though. Not as funny as curling. Because it's so Cause you're it's not so on obscure. the ice. Yeah. It's ice. That's it's, right. And uh, the, I would say the ma- more of the masses have bowled versus more of the masses versus curling. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot more of us that, you know, wipe out like myself. Um <laughs> And I just, I just find physical comedy good. Yeah, there's no, nothing beats slapstick. Agreed. Really, really. So you don't want to see someone. Doesn't doing... work for Liz Lemon though. No, that's a whole, whole other discussion. Do you watch Thirty Rock? I do not. I actually oh. don't watch much TV at all. Darn, because I was gonna say we'd, we'd love to hear what kind of advice you would give to Tina Fey's character, who is <laughs> basically chronically single. Yeah, just like terribly single. I think a lot of women over the age of 30 are so focused on the fact that they're single that they really don't enjoy the state of life that they're in. And what I mean by that is there are so many great things associated with being single that one should focus on and be happy with. And then when you're in a relationship, there's so many great things about being in a relationship that you should focus on. So I think too many times I hear a lot of people in a relationship saying, don't get in a relationship. You don't want to be involved in this. Stay single. That's the best. And then you hear your single people saying, oh, I wish I was married. I wish I had a significant other. That's the best feeling in the world. My advice and how I feel about life is really just to be happy in the state that you're in. And then you're more susceptible and open to a changed state if that's going to come your way. It seems like sound advice. <laughs> I'd say so. I, you know, having not been single for a long Some time. Some of the soundest <laughs> advice ever on this show, I would, yes. I would argue. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other uh, ridiculous scenarios that we can put you through here. Um, so you, you said you're really only dealing with singles over 30. The reason, generally, generally, yeah. um, I do have people that are 25, 28 that have come come to me with questions and, and hints and tips and hope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but my experience has been that, especially in your early 20s, it is much easier to meet people. Uh, the crowd of early 20s, less people are more are seriously attached, less people are married compared to once you start getting older, you start pairing up, you start getting married. So that pool of eligible singles becomes smaller and smaller. Yeah. So it's it's better to get them together so that they can interact. Of course. That's right. Now. Or get them while they're young. <laughs> <laughs> Cougars. <laughs> my secret was theater. Really? Yep. Mine was chloroform. Well, there you go. Oh, good. No, I'm just kidding. Mine was the internet. It really was. Good. And I and and I sort of took your advice, even though I didn't. But it turns <laughs> out time. I did, is I tried to write something that was interesting, not stream of consciousness, not random. Like I crafted it. I didn't just right. blurt it out. 
So you didn't write, I like everything to do with the outdoors and moonlit walks on our beaches that we have here in Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. Moonlit. Some, Beach walks. I don't know, yeah. Anyway, no. Yeah. I mean, I just talked about, like, I tried to be as honest as possible because my whole thinking was I didn't want to wind up with someone who I later found out liked something I said I liked when I didn't actually like that thing. So you have nothing to lose. Right? That's right. Yeah. And that's the thing, especially with profile pictures, <clears throat> do they never when you see somebody and they don't look like their profile picture, I, I always wonder, like, really? Really? Did you, did you think I wouldn't notice that you don't look like your profile picture? Yeah. Did you think I wouldn't notice that you're 15 years older than where, that picture? Where did you think this was going to go exactly? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So what about first date etiquette? Um, you know, th- issues like should the guy pay? Um, should you arrive in separate vehicles? Like, I, I'm sure there aren't hard and fast rules, but what kind of advice would you give to people, even on Valentine's Day, going sure. out for the first time? First dates are interesting because that can really make or break the relationship, <laughs> if it's especially when it's brand new. It maybe it's a friend and it's different, but uh, for first date etiquette, I know I'm going to get a lot of grief for this one, but I do believe the man should pay. Do I think he should pay for the rest of his life? No. Why should the man pay? It is chivalry. It is old-fashioned. It makes the woman feel taken care of, like you thought enough about me, you know, that you would pay for that first meal. Now, say we have a great time, and I say, you know what, Adam? I want to, let's go out next Saturday. Do you want to go to the pint? And you say, sure. I said, let's get a bite to eat. Chances are I'm going to pay for you, because that's the type of person that I am. Mm -hmm. I invited you out. Uh, I hate this 50-50, oh, and you're struggling, and oh, should I pay for my half? Should I pay for his? Who's going to pay for the tip? We're adults. Let's just make a hard and fast decision, and let's just do it. And really, at the end of the day, I mean, it, it's a first date. You probably haven't taken them to the most expensive restaurant in the city. That's right. right? And and don't go beyond your income level either, right? Because you don't want to set that expectation. I would... I would go so far as to make an addendum to your rule. Okay. Um, and say that not necessarily the man should pay the first time, but whoever asked out the other party Ooh. should pay the first time. Because you're you're going under the assumption that the man has asked the girl out. And I would say absolutely. If, you, if I asked you out, I would expect that I would be paying for dinner. But if you asked me out, then the tables have turned. And then, then I would almost say that the expe- that your expectation that I would take you out to dinner would be presumptuous because you asked me out. Yes. And more girls ask men out now. So I would say that the ask e should should not have to pay. The asker should have I to pay. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I know many women that would say, I still expect to be asked out first. Yes. Is that fair? That is very fair. Uh, but but I, I take your point, but certainly. Yes. Like, perhaps most women still do want the uh, the chivalrous man to sweep her off her feet and ask her out. But for those... Women who ask a guy out, yes. I think it would be presumptuous for them to yeah. expect for that guy to pay for them. So what what I would have to say to you, and I, and I hear what you're saying and I agree, but we're talking about the first date. So if I go up to a guy and I ask him out, my presumption is not going to be that he will pay. However, when we go out on the first date and he does pay, even though I asked him out, is going to raise him in my sight. I would, oh, But that's a smart move by the guy. I would say that he should not be expected <laughs> to pay, but if he does... That just reflects well on him. Speaking, That's correct. Speaking as a guy, I can say generally we're not that tactical when it comes to dating. <laughs> generally, there are some guys who might be, but uh, but I think it'd be even better if the girl is the is the asker, and on that first date, in spite of that, if even if she goes to into her purse to pay, 
the guy's like, no, 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 I got this. Yes. And then and then you sort of take it from there. That's right. And that's what I would that would be the ideal first date situation. Sure. Uh, but I mean, if a guy wants to sit back and let her pay because she asked him out, that says a lot to me. That says quite a bit about the guy. Um, he's not forward. He's not that interested in me because I'm the one that has to do all the work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? It's a double edged sword. It really is. Because, again, the guy, if, if a girl asks me out and then just expects me to pay, in my esteem, that girl goes down a peg. So it's the, it's the other side hmm. because it was presumptuous of her. That's and I'm not saying that I wouldn't necessarily offer, but just the fact that she just expected me to would be, it would, it would be a bit of a turnoff for me. And I couldn't see that, but I, I've honestly never gone on a date where I've taken the bill and pushed it towards the man. That would be awful, yes. wouldn't it? It would. Oh, God, get this thing the hell away from me. <laughs> no, he's got it tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're Excuse on a me? first date. Yes, just give it to him. <laughs> uh, I, I, there's clearly there's a level of strategy and tactics going on here <laughs> where there's You're there's the understanding of... and then the the subtext <laughs> and then the, the covert actions and the wheels within wheels. The first date is a complicated thing. It is. It is. Absolutely it, it is. It's a game of chess and between a man and a woman or a man and a man or a woman, woman and a woman. woman. And do you think that do you think that most people are I wonder if most people are really thinking about those kinds of things as they're on the date. Okay. I would say they're thinking about those things on the way to the date. <laughs> I would agree. Do I have enough money in my bank account to cover this if yeah. she doesn't pay? Yeah. Oh, gosh. She's going to order the lobster. <laughs> yes. Don't take her to a seafood restaurant then. <laughs> so, okay. So, in your opinion, generally, the man should pay. What are some other good first dating etiquette things? Sure. Take some effort with your appearance. So I've gone on first dates where, you know, and I'm not saying you can't wear jeans. You can wear a nice pair of tailored jeans and a nice decent shirt and clean shoes. Um, But I don't want to see some guy just getting off of work and he's still grungy and dirty and he shows up. And it really, it doesn't show that you're that interested in me, that you couldn't take the time to make yourself look good for me. Because chances are that I will have spent time in front of a mirror trying to make myself look good for you. Interesting point of fact. Uh, she has clearly put some time and effort into uh, dressing up for this interview that Adam and I have not reciprocated. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I this have, would be a terrible first date. Th- yeah, we're, yes. th- we're already doing very poorly. And and uh, I am going to ask Felicia to pick up the bill. Uh, <laughs> this is just all guess, going down. Even though we asked her, so we're already screwed. <laughs> so We are not having a second interview. We are not. This we is. are absolutely not. No. No, so... Guy should pay. Guy should groom himself. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean necessarily like getting a new haircut, although that wouldn't hurt, right? It doesn't hurt, no. Um, And and I'm not saying, you know, suit and tie either. Whatever you're comfortable in, but it's got to be clean and well taken care of and, you know, not something you picked off the floor. Now, on that note, you mentioned suit and tie isn't necessary, but is is an appropriate first date taking a, a boy or a girl out to a place where you do really need to dress up? Only if that is part of your lifestyle. Okay. If that first date is the only time the two of you are going to be dressed up and out on the on the high life, I highly recommend against it because you've set that expectation. But if that is your lifestyle, and, and I know a lot of people like that, that they spend most of their life in a suit or a cocktail dress, mm-hmm. and, and that's their way of life. Um, and I think that that's fine sure. because, you know, you're sharing that interest. But don't don't step it up a notch. Above where you usually are. That's right. First day. Okay. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so other first aid, I mean, keep the conversation light, really, uh, you know, debating those touchy topics. I know people would probably disagree with me, but they're not recommended for no a religion, first aid. No politics. No religion. Politics are usually. Maybe don't bring up that you want to have kids. Don't talk yet. about your exes. Yes, I was just going to uh, ask. You know, yeah, uh, you know, your lifelong goal that you want to have six children by the time you're 34, which happens to be next month. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't recommend those. Okay, sure. <laughs> I'm looking for a fertile young woman. Yes. That's right. <laughs> so how are those eggs? Um, <laughs> you know, highly not recommended. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and keep it to a reasonable amount of time. I mean, you don't want to spend your first date and use up all your good material the first time you see them. Right. So so, so end it on a high note. That's right. On the other hand, I would say if you really hit it off and the conversation is going strong and it's been two hours, don't necessarily cut it off short. No, that's not what I'm saying. But pull an all-nighter. I mean, we're not 20 anymore. Let's, uh, you know, we're adults. Let's close it at a decent time so that they are left wanting more and um yeah definitely if you've gone for dinner and you've really hit it off then perhaps you're going to go for a walk now you know or you're going to go get dessert somewhere else or go get a coffee somewhere else but then shut it off after that coffee or after that dessert you've extended it you've shown interest by extending it and now let's leave it on a high note okay so the date's coming to a close Mm -hmm. and it's a first date and so the question now is if it's gone well if it's gone to the point where you want to see this person again, how do you say goodbye? Myself, I just, um, it depends how well, um, either shake their hand or I will give them a hug. I'm, I'm a hugger. Sure. Um, so first date, I'll give them a hug and I'll say, you know, I had a really great time. I think you're hilarious. Um, so I, I'm one to really, I really believe in building people up and complimenting where compliments are owed or due. Uh, I don't think we do that enough to our friends and family, so I will do that to my friends and family, but I do it to perfect strangers too. So I like to to end it on a high note with that compliment, with I had a really great time. and I think it would be kind of a dick move to end a date with, you know, you you could shave next time. (laughs) Boy, you really smell bad. (laughs) But I like the conversation. The conversation was good. You You could afford to lose a few pounds. Maybe by the next date. (laughs) And now... I want to see you again, but... I want to see you thinner. Yes. So there are certain things you shouldn't say. A hug, probably as far as you want to go on that first Probably. I mean, um, if a guy wanted to kiss me on the cheek, um, very European... Uh, that would be fine to a point. But you'd probably turn your face away if you That's went right. for the libs. That's right. That's So little... avoid that situation altogether because em- right. it could be embarrassing. It could be embarrassing. I would literally, um, and you can tell by people's body language and how they react. How, how far away they stand from you is a pretty good sign that they do not want you to touch them in any way, shape, or form. That's right. Scott yes. wants me to touch him right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if they're leaning towards you and, and their or their head is tilted or, um, you know, they're... <laughs> their mouths open and their eyes and are closed. Truly, yeah. No, <laughs> not sleeping. Uh, <laughs> then I would say that you're pretty clear to go in for the handshake or the hug and, and keep it light. You don't... Um, I've had somebody that has gone in for the hug and they hold on to you and they hold you past that awkward moment, oh, no. you know, where you're like, okay, are we hugging or, you know, are we attached? Which, which one is it here? Are so- you crying? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Exactly. Also, I'm going to throw this out there. No crying no on the first crying. date. No, no, no. Unless you like break your toe, then that's acceptable. Well, that's different. 
That's different. Those are and f- would probably make for a good first date Those story. are the funny things that happen. <laughs> we started out in a restaurant and ended in the re-emergency room. So, <laughs> well, it would be memorable. And that's how I memorable. met your mom. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, so the first day, uh, the first date ends. Mm-hmm. You've hugged goodbye because it's gone well. Whose responsibility is it to call? And how long should they wait? I mean, this has been sure. debated in film. Yes. Those rom-coms endlessly, yes. endlessly. Um, there used to be that three-day rule that you probably have heard of before. Yes. Yeah. I totally disagree with it. Okay. I think that um, we are mature enough and confident enough that if we want to talk to somebody, we should. Now, here's the caveat. Do I necessarily want um, the fellow to phone me the instant he gets in his car and say, wow, I had such a great date. When are we doing it again? Uh, no, because I'm already on the phone to my girlfriends and I don't want you to interrupt me rehashing the date. Ah. Okay. Good. So, um, you know, but you could shoot me a quick text that says, I just want to say thanks again. I had a great time and, you know, hopefully we can do it again soon. So, um, but if you want to phone them the next day, you know, because you had such a great time. Yes, absolutely. But no three hour long phone sessions and not, you know, 12 times during their work day. They do have to work. <laughs> um, so, you know, keep it light. And I would say, you know, one or two phone calls between the time you met to the next date that you have, um, unless they're like up in Fort McMurray and you're not going to see them for six months. And you're probably going to talk a little more than once or twice. Yeah. Right. So that would be what I would like to see and what I would recommend. But don't leave. If you leave it for a week, that individual, whether it's a male or a female, are going to think that you're not interested, mm-hmm. you know. And once they've come to that realization, it's really hard to reel them back in. Do you think there's a, a general or a, a rule around the length of time between dates? Is there a good sort of rule of thumb for that? It really depends on lifestyles again. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because some people work a Monday to Friday, nine to five job where, you know, um, you met on a Monday for a coffee and then say there's the, they, they were talking about a movie they wanted to see that Friday. And so you phone them up and say, you know what, let's go to that movie you want to see on Friday. There's other people that work 12 hour days and perhaps the only time they can go out is on the weekends. And, um, you know, so basically it's, it's really getting to know the person that you're interested in and, and you will find a schedule that's comfortable for the two of you sure Mm -hmm. right on so scott we'll be paying for the date tonight (laughs) that's right i guess i guess i mean that's the that's the big question how has this date gone for you so far uh well you've been very witty and clever i've been very entertained thank you you too thank you (laughs) but uh i am a little parched and there's been no offer of any refreshment fuck (laughs) really screwed that up it was terrible I apologize. In, in our defense, Thank the you. waiter has not come by. That's true. That's that is true. true. The service yes. here is terrible. Terrible. It is. It really is. So I apologize for that. Thanks. Well, I think that uh, now is a good time to interrupt this conversation. Okay. With some, uh, with some questions. Oh, yeah. Some questions about you so that we can get to know you better, so that our listeners can get to know you better. So at the so, end of every show, well, why don't you tell them what it's called? The Fast 15? That's right. Oh, dear. Okay. So we do this for every one of our guests. We we ask them 15 questions. The first 13 are standardized, and the last two, we call them wildcard questions. And they're tailored to your field of expertise, say. Sure. And they're supposed to be answered in rapid succession. And we do this to end the show. They're not hard questions. They're very okay. simple. Some of them are even juvenile. No. So here we go. The Fast 15 with Felicia Dewar. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Number one, your favorite food. Steak, mashed potatoes, gravy, and corn on the cob. That was 
hot, that's the most specific answer we've ever had. And <laughs> an excellent answer because I love all those things. And how would that steak be done? It would be medium rare. Oh, wonderful. Now, everyone, you know where to take her on a first date. <laughs> Number two, your favorite color. Pink. Uh, your, or sorry, Mac, PC, or Linux? Absolutely Mac. Wonderful. Dogs or cats? I have both. And do you have a preference? No. Okay. Dogs and cats. I think that's, that's not, I don't think that's the first time. No. It's a rare answer. It's a suitable answer. Uh, coffee or tea? Neither. Just water or something else? Water, juice, milk. Okay. Uh, favorite holiday? Christmas. Your favorite sport? Wakeboarding? Sure. We've never had that one before. <laughs> Your favorite pastime? Reading. Shopping? Reading about shopping. Reading about shopping. While shopping. That would be very meta. It's like that person who was texting and fell into that That's fountain right. in the mall. <laughs> um, <laughs> your, uh, your favorite music right now. Favorite music. Oh, this is hard. This is even worse than a dating profile. Um, <laughs> I think we can wear that. This is, basically is a, a dating profile. Yeah. yeah. Yes. She's okay. selling herself right now to one of our listeners somewhere is taking notes. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I would say my favorite music would be the old rock. So the old Journey and okay. Rick Springfield and, you know, the Eagles. and yeah. Sure. Right on. Your favorite movie? Oh, goodness. It's like a recent movie. Not necessarily oh, all the time. Oh, it has to be recent? It oh, doesn't. No. It, but, but people get so stuck on this one because they're like, oh, I like so many. The Land Before Time. There you go. The original one, I presume, as that opposed to all the crappy sequels. Oh, there no, were the sequels, sequels are terrible. Yeah. Um, your favorite video game? Super Mario Brothers on the Wii, the new Super Mario Brothers. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Ooh, I don't suppose I could have omnipotence, hey? You could. It would be super. <laughs> it would be super. All right, omnipotence. And the last of the standard questions, our favorite, Star Wars or Star Trek? Neither. Fair enough. <laughs> And now we're on to the wild cards. You told us your favorite pickup line. Mm-hmm. What's the worst line you've ever heard? The worst line I've ever heard. I'm not really into the crude humor. Sure. Um, I just I just don't like it. I don't think this would work, Felicia. I'm <laughs> yeah. very fond of crudity. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty presumptuous to use crude humor on somebody you don't know. Sure. So uh, it would have to be something like... Um, Gee, those pants would look good on my floor. Oh, my you know, God. They're lame. They're not cute. I can't believe people have Pretty actually said things like that. Well, they think that they're witty because they're using this this pickup line that, of course, you would have heard somewhere. Yeah. Um, so they think they're witty by actually using it when really they're just showing the lack of imagination and creativity that they have. Except for that one line that you like, just because it's so silly. Because it's so, but it's so innocent and cute, <laughs> yeah. right? There's no presumptuous presumptuous there yeah. that I'm going to be at their house doing things that only adults do. Right. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Okay. And now your last wild card question. Yes. Can you tell us one of the best Valentine's dates you've ever had? It has been so long since I've had a Valentine date. I don't know if I could do this rapidly. That's okay. Give it Give it some thought. Think about it. Because oh, we can edit sure this I down. Can I tell you my worst Valentine's Sure, yeah. Sure. Tell us your worst. Isn't that yeah. better? That'd be great. Okay. so I, was... I, I wanted to end on a positive note, but oh, good. that's well, okay. This will make people laugh and go, oh, I can't believe she did that. Okay. Um, 
for Val- I was dating a fellow. It was my second year of college, and he um, had gone home for Valentine's Day, which happened to be about an hour and a half from where I was, and so I wasn't with him. So I thought it would be really great if I sent him flowers. Okay. Okay. Um, so I phoned up the flower place, and of course, they're six times the amount of what they are, and so I ordered my dozen long-stemmed roses and paid over $100 for them. And then I got to go out to his place the next day. And um, he was at home visiting his parents and I saw this gorgeous, it was beautiful, more like higher than my expectations. It was this vase full of long stem roses and they were full and beautiful. And his mom walks up to me and says, do you like my roses? And I said, yeah, I do. So I, where did you get them? Oh, well, Andrew gave them to me, her son. And uh, so I went downstairs and asked Andy, I said, well, what happened to the flowers that I gave you? Well, I gave them to my mom, he says. I didn't have anything to do with them. Oh so my essentially, God. my Valentine's Day present I bought for his mother. He regifted roses. He regifted the roses I sent him. <laughs> Can I just say, Andy, you're an asshole. <laughs> but he a, is happily and, married. Oh, good. And yes. glad. It is worth noting a listener of the Unknown Studios. Yeah, so. probably. Yeah. Andy, if you're listening, because you are. There you go. Absolutely. He will now because I'm going to text him. <laughs> <laughs> just to remind him about Jeez, it. Hey. That's terrible. <laughs> Do you remember when you totally did that dick thing? <laughs> wow. That's terrible, but great stories. They are. Thank you so much for chatting with us, Felicia, and happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. You too. You've been listening to The Unknown Studio, episode 42. Our guest, Felicia Dewar, pre-production by Adam Rosenhart, post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. The Unknown Studio is a proud member of the League of Extraordinary Media. You can listen to us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening. If you can imagine something worse than that, I actually, um, the boyfriend I had been dating for a couple years, forgot about my birthday and uh, didn't have a credit card. So phoned me where I was working, asked me for my credit card number so that he could send me flowers on my birthday. So that was, that was great. Awkward. A little bit. (sighs) Humanity, I worry for you all the time. (laughs) 